Hey everyone and welcome to 1.21 Gigawatts, I am Peter, that is Connor, I'll be talking about movies on this show. And this is actually a first for us, this is a 121 catch up, or something, I don't know what you call it yet. Yeah, this is, you know how you always start with that with, you know, and we talk about movies on this show? Yeah. That's all we're doing this time. That's all we're doing this time, yeah. And this is not going to be an episode about a specific movie. This is basically, oh, we watched some movies this week. We wanted to talk about them. We actually watched some of the same movies as well. But they're not movies that necessarily deserve their own episode. So we're doing kind of a, just a, a sort of catch-all kind of thing. We might do this from time to time. This is not going to be a regular thing, like every week. But every once in a while, if we both watched a number of movies, it's maybe, this week there's no movie news. Uh, but we'd watched a lot of movies. So we thought, oh, we'll do a little thing just talking about the movies. And sometimes it may just be a case of, oh, we watched so many movies that it'd be silly to try and tack this onto an end of a of a hour long news show. We've done it before, where we've had you know between us eight or nine at yeah. the end of a news show, and it's added an extra half hour. So, so yeah, we're great. We're great to have some movies. Uh, we'll keep it pretty much spoiler free. If we have to do dip into spoilers at all, we will warn you heavily before we do so. But I don't think we will for the most part. Um, and we'll we'll get diving in. Uh, so let's start off with one that we both watched. Um, yes. Let's start off with the Meg, because we oh, both okay. watched the Meg. Um, giant shark movie, Jason Statham, uh, yep. as you are. Um, and it's funny because you you did you watch Rampage? I have now. You have now, right? Good. I'll, I'll, I'll get to that. Well, the reason why I bring that up is because you were you were talking about comparing monster movies uh, yesterday, yes. and I hadn't watched the Meg, and I knew you were watching rampage i'd already seen rampage so i can still chime into that conversation when we get there uh, but i hadn't seen the meg yet so i thought i'm gonna watch the meg i'll watch that i'll watch that tonight and which was last night for the for the record if you keep track and i was like okay i'm curious i'm not expecting a good movie out of it necessarily i'm expecting a giant shark movie with jason statham maybe some one-liners maybe you know some silly action sequences see how it goes yeah, yeah that's all i was hoping for did you like the meg i thought it was all right I was underwhelmed. I don't I know. It was bad. I just didn't have as much fun with it as I was hoping to. I thought it was decent. Like, kind of in the same boat. I, I think it was lacking in the silliness a little bit. Um, but I oddly found myself kind of liking a lot of the characters. Yeah. You know, I, I thought the uh, the doctor lady, not doctor lady, the you know scientist lady, the love interest. I thought she yes. she was actually quite likable. Her daughter was was quite cute and added a little bit of heart to the film. Yeah, definitely. Um, and Jason Statham was just being Jason Statham, which is either you like that or you don't like that. It's just it's whatever. Yeah. Rain Wilson was being delightfully sleazy. Yes, he was the sleazy businessman who was in charge of the whole thing. Um, starts off feeling very deep blue sea because they're on this like station in the middle of the, mm. the ocean and, and whatnot. Um, it's not as good as deep blue sea. Deep blue sea is way more fun. But I thought it was okay for what it was. Like, and I, I think it, part of it's because I'd seen Rampage, and I think Rampage is way worse. So, you know, I came out of this going, you know what, that was a decent enough kind of 6 out of 10 watch. Yeah, I mean, I gave it like a 6, maybe 6.5. Like, it's it's decent enough. It's it's fine. I just, I was hoping to have a bit more fun with it, where it'd be like, okay, no, this is, this is fun enough that it's a 7. Yeah, sure, sure. I, I get that. I, I, there's just some fun moments here or there. Some of the action, the action. It's a very, it's a very serviceable, giant monster movie. Is basically what I find. I think maybe part of the problem is, is that it's doing a lot of this, the familiar beats you'd expect in a shark movie. The shark just happens to be bigger. Um, <laughs> which, by the way, I have to, I have to raise a question here, right? So it's a bit of a running gag that they keep putting themselves in dangerous situations. It is kind of intentional where they keep saying about how you know 
Jason Statham, you know, you're crazy. Come save us again. You keep doing this. Uh, and at one point, his love interest um, puts herself in a shark cage. And it's this fancy shark cage that's like, you know, this reinforced, like, polymer plastic thingamajig. And Ruby Batwoman's very, like, enthusiastic about it. And it's the whole thing. And all I could think was is that, right, we've seen the size of this shark. This shark's mouth is big enough just to swallow that thing whole. What good is a shark cage when the mouth is big enough just to eat the whole thing? <laughs> you can choke it. You can, but I still don't fancy the chances of the, the diver inside the tank. No. I just, it seemed like a questionable decision to me. It, it, it's not like a, a really smart movie. There's a lot of things you could probably poke holes at. But this was the one that stuck out to me as they were, as they were prepping this shark cage doing their Jaws moment. And I'm like, are you shitting me? This thing is big enough to eat this thing. I just... Uh, <laughs> it bugged me. Yeah, I can't argue with it. What can, what can I say? Uh, oh, that was a lot of boats flipping, submersible fancy submarines and... Uh, I like the stuff with the... I don't want to call them combat submarines, but like the yeah, the little the, pods. It's just, it's the sort of thing you would expect Batman to show up in if he was yeah, doing yeah, submarine and, stuff. And I thought the stuff with those was kind of at the end was kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, they were kind of saving each. other. I mean, I, I think the the highest compliment I can give it is I liked the characters enough that by the time I got to the third act, I was hoping they were going to save each other. I didn't want people sure. to die. There was actually there was one point in the middle where I actually and mild spoilers for Deep Blue Sea here, I suppose, right? But you know the movie's like twenty years old now, so bear with me. There was a moment in the middle where I went, "Okay, any time now during this scene, the Sam Jackson death's happening," and I was right; it did happen because it was it was obvious. Like I could sense it coming. Everyone was too happy. Yeah. The da- the damn things about eat someone, and it, sure enough, it did. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not something I say you have to rush out and see. If you if you like the idea of a giant shark movie, then yeah, go watch it. <laughs> it's just, it's I don't enough. think it's something you'd regret watching. I, no. I don't regret watching. I mean, it, it was all right. Uh, I mean, it was what hour forty five, two hours, I don't know. two hours. But I mean, it, it's a it's a perfectly serviceable thing with some likable characters, um, and yeah. some a couple of amusing moments and some reasonable effects. Giant yeah, they're, they're not too bad. Yeah. yeah. Um. You know, Jason Statham with the kid was quite a adorable little pair. I thought. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the kid was not bad. Because at one point, um, the kid because it's quite early on where people sort of start joking that the him and the love interest should should or, or maybe yeah. are a thing like they've got an attraction and everyone sort of starts smirking at them about it. And the kid at one point says to Jason Statham, "Hey, I think my mum likes you too," and. He just looks up at his... Because his ex-wife's in the movie as well. And he just looks up at his ex-wife and goes, this might be the worst moment in my life. And I just... I thought that was a funny line. I was. Although, you mentioned the ex-wife thing. Why? Why is she his ex-wife? It has no bearing on anything except that joke. Not oh, no, really. no, 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 no. It's his motivation for actually joining... Because he doesn't want to come back. Because yeah, it does, it does the classic trope of he doesn't he doesn't do the diving anymore. We get a flashback at the start where he goes through a really bad rescue in a submarine and some people die and that's it. Now he's just a drunk. He doesn't dive anymore and they have to come and get him out of retirement. And the, the defining thing that gets him to... It convinces him to come on this rescue mission is that his ex-wife's one of the people who's, who's trapped. Yeah, but this is really thin, poor writing of just, oh, that'll do. 
It's a giant shark. <laughs> what were you expecting? I, I, I just, I don't know. It's not a little bit more. It, it's of when, course when, it's then. I'm not defending this. Look, the problem is when this is all coming before the giant shark action. Mm-hmm. You're setting me off on the wrong place. With the exception of Jaws, which is actually immaculately written, I can't think of a single movie of this type that doesn't feel as thin as this up until that which, point. Which is fine if if it gets more fun. But this doesn't. I mean, it gets more fun than that, but it doesn't get as fun <laughs> as it could. I thought it was okay. I thought it was okay. Six out of ten. I, I enjoyed it for what it was. I wouldn't, you know, rate it any higher than that. But, uh, you know. Uh, Alright, well, we mentioned Rampage. You... Yeah, Top well, um, I I watched the, the May and a couple of other things, and and uh, I mentioned Rampage as well. I hadn't started watching it, but in in just in the conversation, it came up, and I thought, Do you know what, the people are having opinions on this. I need one. Well, you may as well talk about quite... the other monster movie you watched because I've seen both of them, so we can yeah we can right. compare and contrast. We'll get to the, the, like basically. I watched Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom as well with yeah. with the Meg, and I thought, well, my original plan was, well, you know, that's two giant prehistoric monster sort of things. What can I top that off with? Rampage seemed the obvious solution in terms of just the giant creatures, mm-hmm. but I thought I didn't really want to go through that, so I did the giant building movie instead with the skyscraper. Yeah, I'm not seen that yet. So yeah, <laughs> and um, I'll come to that in a minute. But when when I was discussing that, this is how Rampage came up, and I realised that in our Facebook group there was a bit of a opinion divide. And wasn't thought, that divide? Right. There was one person named James who was arguing hard in Rampage's defence. Someone else was with him, weren't they? Saying it was all right. I don't think so. I thought there was, but um, Matt didn't like it, and that movie was tailor made for that so no, yeah yeah Matt didn't like it was it jim that that was that was on james's side he may, have been, more, he may have been more neutral but he, he was not in defense okay fair enough but either way i was like okay i need an opinion on this so uh i watched i watched rampage and i probably shouldn't have it needs to be way more silly it, it takes itself far too seriously it got do you know what the, it got fun for about 20 minutes at the end it got really fun it for like 20 minutes in the city and then it kept going <laughs> and i'm like okay i'm sick of this now everything with uh what's his face a comedian comedian oh um okay i can pitch his face i don't know his name jeffrey d morgan everything with him and the military and everything about you know because the the because you got the rock and you've got the woman who used to work at the lab and everything with her because she kind of hides why she's not there anymore she got fired a long time ago that's not a spoiler you find that out you know it's like opening act yeah um everything about the rock finding that out the drama that comes from that Ugh. i don't know it, i just like i felt like this is a movie that just had to be a way, way more silly um but unlike the Meg, which I think gives me kind of likable characters that, you know, I kind of like their relationship with each other. They're all kind of friendly for the most part and, um, you know, likable enough. They feel like a team. This movie, it's just them two and then Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who doesn't like them. <laughs> and, you know, they don't even like each other that much for a lot of the movie. And I don't know, it just wasn't working for me. I feel The Rock's this weird actor who I think has got so much charisma and he's so likable, but he's in almost nothing but trash. I will raise you a Jumanji, sir. I've not seen Jumanji yet, but he's in a lot of trash. He is in a lot of trash. A lot of trash. J- Jumanji was pretty spectacular. 
it was a lot of fun. I I I did. I am shocked how how unfulfilling Rampage is. Just just for what you'd want from it. Yeah, it's unfulfilling. Also, I really hate the trailers in retrospect. You know the whole oh the wolf flies. Oh yeah. Why the hell is that in the trailer? <laughs> uh, other than I mean, you you want to sell your movie, obviously, because the, the trailer was mediocre. And they thought, oh, they will fly, and it'll be a fun moment to end it on. That will convince people that it should see. But it, I, yeah, the, the problem is, I was just waiting for it. Yeah, and it's really late in the movie when it actually happens. It's it's also a case of it makes you think, oh, the movie's going to be really crazy and and wacky and all these big things. And honestly, it's not like that's it's not. Which which is why that last twenty not the last minute that twenty minute chunk in the city is the best because that's the only bit where it goes. All right, screw it. We'll do some fun. Yeah, it, it needs to be more silly. It needs to take itself less seriously and just just have fun with it. Yeah. Um, but it, I don't know. It it felt more like a Hollywood produced script than it did. Yeah, you know, like a genuine, like art, not artistic, but you know, someone who's just having fun with an idea. It felt yeah. like no, no. Here's here's a focus group of what will be successful, and just enough seriousness here, and just enough of the rock here, and it'll be it'll be fine. Um, so yeah. no, it's why uh, Skyscraper is a much better film than than Rampage. It's not a good film, but it's better. I'll I'll, I'll get to it. It's it's on the it's, list. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'll. I'll Keeps guys, uh, guys brief. It's 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 diehard, isn't it? I mean, you, you, <laughs> it's another diehard one. You know, you get you get what you expect, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. But it's nothing special. Hmm. Um, some enjoyable enough bits, like I say, you know, The Rock has charisma, which he gets to show in that movie a bit more. So you know, stuff going for it there. Yeah, yeah. Rampage is like a four point five or something like that, maybe a four. Yeah, I, I'm around. Four point five, four. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not wasn't was feeling that one. Uh, but you also watched Lost World, or not Lost World? Sorry, Jurassic World: Fallen, Fallen Kingdom. Kingdom. I did, and I did this with uh, after the Meg, thinking, oh, maybe this will pick me up, and and it, it, <laughs> it didn't. It was another one where, again, I don't think it's a bad movie. I think it's fine, but it left me underwhelmed. Especially, I really liked the the last one. Joe's fire about Jurassic World is I ended up liking it quite a bit once once it got going and admittedly it's partly because it gets silly right but once it gets to the mansion and it's like a dino crisis movie with like dinosaurs running around a mansion yeah that's that's pretty fun yeah i got a lot more into it in that part the, the, the first half is a bit too more much other shite yeah it's weird that there's like a hammond like duplicate <laughs> who's basically hammond but he's not hammond yeah just so yeah. we can have a hammond <laughs> do you know what um was weird you know the the the, the grandfather yes his name you, you you won't have caught this when you watched it this this only stuck out to me now is ben lockwood <laughs> <laughs> which for anyone who doesn't know is, is is the name of a of a, of a character on supergirl this season yes yeah, a villain was, supergirl. yes hmm. yes and sam Witt was better sam Witt would have would have improved this movie yeah, no, I mean, I enjoyed Lost uh, Jurassic World. Uh, we did, I mean, me and Matt did a review of it, and I, I was pretty positive, despite the fact that I think the script's a complete mess. <laughs> it's such a mess. I still ultimately kind of give it like a six. It kind of falls down around the meg for me in that mm. it's kind of a toss-up, if you ask me which one I prefer, for different reasons. I think the meg's much more coherent. It's just not as fun as it could be, whereas Jurassic yeah. World has a lot more fun, but it's such a mess around that. 
Yeah, Jurassic World is definitely, objectively from a technical standpoint, in terms of script writing, in terms of putting things together, it is way worse. But I think it actually might be more fun once we actually get to the silliness. I, I think it is, which is why half. they kind of even out for me, in that, yeah, one's more fun, but one is clearly better. I think they're both, I, I think just for my taste, they're both watchable, but it's not, they're not movies that I'd recommend, just carte blanche. No, same. I, I agree that, that yeah, okay, I, I don't regret watching either of them, but I could have done better with my time. Mm, mm, mm. Um, all right, so I, I watched, um, I caught up on another uh, movie this, this week. I watched Ant-Man and the Wasp, which um, is notable because it's the first MCU movie that I didn't see in the theatre, out of all Me of them. Too. Me too, and I still haven't. <laughs> and I'm sure you'll catch up at some point. Oh, I, I'll watch it before, is, is the next one Captain Marvel? Yes, that's a yeah, I'll watch it before Captain Marvel. Yeah. Um. And it's funny because it's not even like this was one that I was looking forward to the least. Like I, I was definitely not looking forward to Doctor Strange. I definitely wasn't feeling that one before I saw it. This one, I was like, well, it'll probably be similar to the first one. Same director, same type of humor, and I enjoyed the first one well enough. I, I mean, the first Ant Man might have the worst villain in the MCU, <laughs> but it's down there, yeah. Um, you know, I, I was curious, about, and I think what's weird about this one is that I think I did enjoy watching at home more than I probably would have done had I went to see it at the theater. Yeah, I think it works better feeling like a part of the overall. It's kind of like one of my, one of my underwhelming complaints about Civil War when I saw it, which is it's, it's still pretty good overall. It just had this weird underwhelming feeling of just being part of a whole as opposed to being a, a full thing. And this Ant Man movie felt like that to me because the, the the plot for the main characters is basically they're trying to get, uh, you know, the original Wasp out of the the quantum realm. Right, sure. that's what their their goal is for the movie. Um, and there's some knock-on effects from Civil War because, you know, uh, Scott's been under house arrest because he helped Captain America in Germany and uh, there's some great stuff. I, I think, you know, the, the plot, I mean, the villains are better than, than they were in the first movie. I still wish I cared more about them, but you know, you, you've got um, uh, What's-Her-Face from Killjoys as one of the baddies yes. as Ghost. Uh, she has quite a cool effect on her because she has this sort of phasing power, but she's constantly out of sync. So she's constantly—it's almost like they've got like these ghost versions of her constantly, sort of like rippling from her, like kind of yeah, phasing cool. in and out. It's just, it's a cool visual. Um, you've got her. You got Walton Goggins, who's always a villain. Uh, he he is a—he's a sleazy rich villain in this case, but he's you know he's still Walton Goggins. He's, the man's typecast to no yeah. end. Um, it's funny you you, t- you said to me the other day, I was oh he's in it. I went. Oh yeah, he playing anyone interesting? He goes, take a guess. I went, is he playing a dick bag? <laughs> He's a dick bag. Um, but you got the, the supporting cast back. I th- I think um, you know I I like the main cast a lot. I like Evangeline Lilly. I like um, you know Paul Rudd in here, Michael Douglas. Um, I think the biggest star for me in this movie, bizarrely, is actually his daughter, because she's not really involved in the main plot per se, but there's a little bit more of her. Uh, right. What's there is is really sweet. Uh, his relationship with her really gives the movie a heart, and it's probably the best part of the movie. And it made me excited for aging her up soon, so that we can get, uh, you know, Cassie being an ant yeah. person, cool. you know, an ant person. You know what I mean? A <laughs> uh, young Avenger, if we're going to call it that, because because there was rumors that there was an aged up, like a five years older one uh, cast for the next uh, Avengers. So I say, I think it was, yeah, yeah, uh, which would mean she's, you know, oh, she's like fourteen now. Or whatever, like you know, that's more of a get 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 some young Avengers going. You know, get into the mix of it and actually put herself in danger, kind of thing. Uh, yeah. But she she gives it a heart. Um, the jokes are typically pretty funny. Um, Lawrence Fishburne's in there; he's pretty good. Um, it's just it's just this weird thing where 
the plot does feel like an episode of TV in between the major plot beats. It feels like, okay, it's important to the characters that they're getting the, you know, the original Wasp back, but the, you know, the overall plot doesn't feel like it had, I mean, it's a, it's a two, it's a two double-edged sword, because on the one hand, I actually really like that the world's not at stake in this one. I like that it's not, oh, someone villains try to blow up the planet or, or oh. whatever. And I like that it's more personal. But on the other hand, it feels like the stakes aren't high enough. Yeah. I know th- this might be one that feels more important in retrospect. I know there's been hints that the quantum realm and Maybe, all the stuff that yeah. it deals with in this will be quite important going forward. I-, I think it's this weird case where what I really mean by the stakes not being high enough, it's not that I want it to be the world at stake. I just want it to feel like... Like something matters. Yeah, like like it's it, it's a personal story, which is great. But the personal story doesn't have the weight to it to make it feel like it's dramatic enough on its own, right? And I guess mm. that's just because the Marvel Cinematic Universe is a bit lighter and fluffier. With the, the obviously with one or two notable exceptions where it did go a bit darker. Yeah. Um. But it, you know, it, it just yeah. So, you know, uh, that, that'd be my thing. Uh, I will say the mid-credit scene did make me laugh quite a bit because I I was kind of like waiting for it to happen throughout the movie. Um, okay. And the mid-credit scene finally did it, and you can probably guess what I was waiting for if you really think about it. So I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> okay then. <laughs> Including you, you could you could guess it. I won't make. I'm you sure guess I it. could, but I won't. But um, yeah. But I was. I mean, it was okay. It was. It was. It was. It was a solid seven. There was. You know, it was. There was a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. <laughs> <laughs> but what what I did like about the action in this one though, when it got going, was uh, they used the size changing tech a lot more on objects. So in the trailer, for example, you see like her uh, like wasp throw a salt shaker and then like yeah. enlarge it to like trap the guy. Uh, like there's moments of that. There's, there's stuff where they, they shrink and enlarge cars, shrink and enlarge buildings. Uh, there's there's more inventiveness with that stuff. I almost wish there was more of it because it's, it's also I'd say all in the heart that the daughter and you know the father daughter relationship brings. It's probably the second best part of the movie. Is the that's what makes it a bit more unique rather than yeah. just oh let's punch a dude right. Exactly yeah. Um, so that's fun. And then giant ants doing. Always for the win. Ridiculous stuff, yeah. Um, also, Bobby Carnival's the ex-husband. Not the ex-husband. He, he's the new husband to the ex-wife, who's played yes. by Judy Greer. Um, and I was like, oh, I know who both of these people are now. This is exciting. Yeah. Did you not know either of them before? I knew who Judy Greer was because, yeah. If nothing else, I knew her from Arrested Development. Um, right. Uh, it was funny. She went on to be in the first Jurassic World, or she was in that first. I think they were both the same year, actually. Ant Man and Jurassic World. I think they were both twenty fifteen. Yeah, I think Jurassic World might have been just about first. About a month. Yeah. Yeah, pretty similar though. Yeah, that's right. Um, but I'd forgotten it was her when I, when I sat yeah. down to watch this. Uh, but I know who Bobby Carnival is now, thanks to Mr. Robot and Homecoming. So yeah. I was like, oh, that's, 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 nice. Nice to see his face. Nice yeah. to see him. Um, what's funny, actually, is you know in the first movie, she was constantly at Paul Rudd's throat because yeah. he's a terrible father and all that. In this one, she's constantly sticking up for him because she thinks the FBI's harassing him, <laughs> and it's it's, like, it's just an interesting twist to, okay. to her character. It was enjoyable, I don't know. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's fine, it's solid. This is it's good time. Uh, I don't regret waiting for it to come to home release though. No, that's fair. I don't feel any need to brush out and and watch it. I mean, I might just because I'm trying to hit targets for the end of the year, but <laughs> I. Uh... I, this does not mean to say that I'll be waiting for other Marvel movies. Like I'm sure I'm going to see Captain Marvel in theaters. I'll definitely be seeing Avengers four in theaters, for better or for worse. Yeah. Well, I liked Infinity War, so I'm actually quite optimistic about Avengers four. Yeah. So that's fair. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, what else did you have that 
Yeah, I got watched. one more before we've got the one that we both watched, which was uh, Christopher Robin. Oh, yeah. I'll go to sleep. You just do your thing. This was a delightful movie. It, it was, you know, it, it's it's an older Christopher Robin. We, we start actually with um, his his farewell as a child. You know, the, the last time he was there with, with, with Pooh and all the others. And, you know, it's sweet. And then he's older. He's got this job. It's a bit shit. He's being told to... You know, you've got to find twenty percent of um, you know of a of a cut, or, or we're going to have to fire people. And he doesn't really want to, so he has to cancel his his weekend. He was going back to the the countryside with his family, his wife and kid for the, for the weekend. That sounds a lot like a Lex Luthor plot from Smallville, but you continue. <laughs> it does a bit, yeah. Uh, when you put all that, but yeah, he he he's, he has to stay at home and work basically, and the wife uh, Haley Atwell is not happy about this at all and so they go off to the countryside and he's there and he's like well shit and then Pooh just shows up he comes you know he comes looking he's like well i'm here now I'm, i guess i must be needed to help right so this is a movie about a man losing his losing his marbles and going psychotic and imagining that, characters no, that is addressed <laughs> like because the last thing his, his wife says to him before before she goes off for the weekend is like, no, no, no. you keep putting this much time into this shitty job. You're going to crack. And then Pooh shows up and he's like, what the hell? You're not real. And he's like, Pooh's like, what are you doing? And he's like, nope, I've cracked. She was right. It's, it's gone. Um, and then there's a few st- jokes about that later on in the movie in the, in the climax as well. So it, it, it does actually play with that. Okay. Um it's it's a lot of fun though because you have um, you have all, all the other the Pooh characters come out into London and uh, you know, into the real world, which is a little bit different to usual. Hmm. Um, um, as someone who has no attachment to where the Pooh and isn't even sure they can name all the characters, would I give a shit about anything in this? No, but not for those reasons. I think it's just okay. a little bit too whimsical for you. Ah, yeah. You know I don't like the whimsy. But I don't think having an attachment to Winnie the Pooh. Okay. has any bearing on the enjoyment this is just you in particular oh. um is there any more one... there's piglet and tigger is there another one there's like tons of them there's there's you got rue you got owl uh yeah, you got eeyore eeyore is the main one of course is he well out of the you know after so you've got you know poo tigler uh, T- tigger and piglet and then eeyore is in that tier with them what animal is he he's a donkey He's a really depressed donkey. You'd you'd like Eeyore. You'd you you'd 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 get along with Eeyore. <laughs> I'll take a word for it. I don't, I don't recall no donkey. But uh, okay, there you go. But, they, don't, um, they don't make a lot of clothes with this this donkey on it. Whereas, whereas Tigger and Piglet, I feel like I see just in yeah. life around. Oh, fair enough. They make a few, but um, I would say what what probably my biggest criticism with the movie overall really is that. So what, it's I understand why the wife's like, hey, you know, you you you've got to spend time with your family. Come on, just stop being shit. You know, and she really, you know, like demonizes him for for you know spending all this time at work. But it's really hard to feel, and he's like, no, but I've got to. And it's really hard to to root against him when he's going, no, no, I've got to spend a weekend figuring this out. Otherwise, you know, thirty people are going to get fired. <laughs> it's so. I mean, he's doing it for these really good reasons. Ultimately, he's like, no, no, no. I'm trying to save people's jobs. And it's like, well, I should be rooting for that. 
and obviously I should also be rooting for him to spend time with his family, but it's a little bit conflicting. Mm. Don't don't dangle the or balance on the the, the tightrope as as well as they it, should. It, no, no, they don't. But mm. I mean, that, that's probably my biggest. Concern. Otherwise, it's very uh, fun and heartwarming. It's like a solid seven point five, enjoyable. Okay, uh, and then to wrap up, then we both watched Teen Titans Go to the movies this week. Which I have never seen an episode of this TV show because uh, it, it ran for five seasons, has like a r- ridiculous two hundred something episodes. Yeah, they're like ten minutes. The episodes. Are they ten minutes? Okay, that's some each, each each episode is split into an A and B. Ah, okay, all right. But I think they, I think after like the first couple of seasons, they abandoned that and just made them individual episodes for the count. Okay. Regardless, it's five seasons, so I mean, I assume yeah. that'll add up to about five seasons of a. Uh, a regular full season of a 22-minute yeah, show. sitcom, yeah. yeah. Uh, but regardless, so this is uh, your young, hip Teen Titans that have a bit of an attitude and um, very, very meta, tongue-in-cheek and yes. uh, full of humour. Uh, and the movie revolves around Robin wanting a movie about himself because everyone's getting a movie. That's that's the meta joke, right, is that all these superheroes are getting movies, but there's no Robin movie. He's upset there's an Alfred movie. That's in the trailer. That's not spoiling a joke. It's in the, it's in the, it's in the trailer. And they basically decide, okay, or they, they try a bunch of different things to like be, get big enough to be, get a movie. They try getting an arch nemesis in, in Deathstroke. They try maybe going back in time and messing with some things. I won't get too specific on that for spoiler sake. Um, and they try a bunch of stuff. Uh, you got Kristen Bell is a voice in there as the the movie director who's making all these movies. Yes. Uh, you got Will Arnett as Deathstroke. You got Nicolas Cage as Superman of all things. Um, and that's that's your premise. So, you liked it, of course. I loved it. Yeah. This is delight. This is. I, I'm. I'm a big fan of the show. Anyway, I always say it's a. It's always sunny for kids, in that it's just this group of awful people who do awful things to each other and also just to everyone else, just to for the for own personal gain. Basically, hey, I want a pizza. I don't care if it screws up the rest of the city. Yes. Um, so I'd never seen the show. Uh, I came out of this completely blind, not really knowing. All in the trailer. I'd seen the trailer. I thought, oh, the trailer's kind of amusing. Um, I'll give it a try. Um, I quite liked it. It was good. I, I have a question. It was funny. Yeah. How many points did you knock off for too many songs? Joe, you know it's funny. There's there's like three songs in the first like 20 minutes and I was like, oh, oh, I don't know about this. <laughs> um, and then it went a long time without one. Yeah. And then it was like, okay, all right, you're winning me back over. Honestly, most of the songs didn't bother me because most of them had plot advancement in the songs themselves. There's one that bugged the shit out of me, though, because it's exactly the sort of thing I hate about musicals where it's just making the same point for three minutes. And I'm like, I get it. Move on. Is it, is it the upbeat one? It's the one where there's like a jazz band in the clouds and uh, it's just them with, riding with, clouds with... for three minutes. Is, is that the one where, where Starfire's playing the sax on the roof of the van? Eventually, that's the end of it, yeah. Yeah, but, I love that song. I no, have, I've had that song stuck in my head for like since I watched this movie. No, no, no. I, I, that, that, that one bugged the show on me. At least the other ones had like visual gags in them or advanced the plot or whatever. Yeah. Um, like, that one just felt like it just paused the movie so they could sing a stupid song. Whereas most of the other ones, it felt like they came at dramatic points that moved things forward, or they had gags. You know, one of them had like Robin reenacting famous comic book covers and yeah. things like that, and and, and whatever. And there's a lot of DC references in this. Some of them are quite obscure, actually. There is, and they even play with that intention. Like, eh, no one's gonna, no one's gonna care about this one. Yeah, 
Um, so uh, so that was fun. Some some dark humor. I'll, I won't say what it is for spoilers' sake, of course. But uh, the final line of the movie did actually get the biggest laugh out of me. Oh, okay. Mainly just because I imagine parents actually taking kids that are fairly young to see this, and that being the final moment really cracked me up. Um, yeah. But uh, as I say, it pushes some envelopes. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna say that the bit with Aquaman was darker than I expected. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I was down for it. Don't get me wrong. But I was like, okay, cool. This is a kids movie, but sure. There's, there's there's some dark jokes in there, uh, for sure. Um, there's some neat cameos from things that aren't from DC. A couple of them, in fact. Um, yeah. Which which are pretty entertaining. Which there's is one nice. very notable one, isn't there? I'd say there's two notable ones. Okay. There's one that meant a lot to me because of my my tastes. <laughs> right. Okay. But um, actually, there's another one as well. There's there's a there's music that kicks in at one point because they're doing something from another movie. Is it- yeah, uh, that is a a little, a little great reference. It's 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 not really overt and in your face with it. It's just just plays the theme. It's like okay, I see what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's a silly movie. It has silly logic. It's car- it, you know, Robin's a complete dick, self obsessed dick bag who wants a movie and uh, that, will... that is the show in a nutshell. Yeah. Robin is a self obsessed dick bag. Well, the reason why I say that though is because I actually feel like some of the other characters are oddly on point. I mean, they're aged down, sure. But Starfire and Beast Boy, kind of still feel like Starfire and Beast Boy for the most part. Raven too. Uh, and Raven, yeah. Tara Strong, of course, is Raven. Yeah. Uh, I like Raven. Raven's really cynical. She's, she's nice. Um, <laughs> Raven is my spirit animal. Starfire was cracking me up quite a bit. Um, yeah. Uh, my favourite line in the movie, actually. Not the funniest line. The funniest line was at the end. But my favourite line in the movie might be Starfire saying, this thing smells of the fish. Uh, which I just thought was really funny. It's a classic um, Starfire line, isn't it? It's, well, it's one of those things where if you compare it to Titans, right, the show, I don't have this the same effect on me that you have where it instantly makes the show 10 million times worse. But I will say one of the key things that's missing with Starfire in that show is that there's none of that she's a fish out of water because she's an alien, you know, yes. trying to fit in things. She just seems to know things. It's fine. Yeah. I, I said when I watched it, it made me hate Titans more. And the reason for that is the whole point of this movie is you know self-acceptance being okay with who you are and it does that on a meta level with you know hey we're, we're doing teen titans go let's just be stupid and do stupid shit and be our own thing and titans and i, I love it for that and then titans goes no we're, we're, we're gonna do the grim dark gritty thing that everyone else is doing that's 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 how we'd be successful right yeah i don't actually know if that's doing it to fit into a crowd though I think it's doing it because that's what DC's image is. For and some reason. What... Yeah, exactly. For some, I don't know why it's that, that's the image right now, but it, for some reason it is. Um, but, yeah. So I don't really agree with that. I feel, I feel like that's boiling it down to really simple... Yeah, it was just my feelings after I watched it. I mean... That, no, I mean, I had fun with this. It's just goofy and laughable and silly. But... I think what makes it work for me, though, is there's a right amount of wit in the jokes. It's not just something stupid for the stupid sake. No, it's it's got some clever jokes in there. When, when, you, when you compare it to It's Always Sunny and how kind of deviant they are, and I guess they're not as deviant as It's Always Sunny, but it's that kind of twist in the humour that makes it work. That, that makes it work, I think, for older audiences. Yeah. It's, not, yeah. so it's not just kiddie humour. It's No, there's like a really dark moment where... Raven will trap someone in another dimension with her powers, and then 
when you think they're getting out later, she'll just close the portal again, and it's oh, that's it. It's fine. Yeah, but like I said, the, the, that's kind of the show in a nutshell. Like, yeah, there's an episode really early on. It's like you know one of like the first like five or six, I think, where Raven wants the tower and the apartment to herself to you know just watch some TV and have some time to herself. So she sends the rest of them on a quest to like all these like super dangerous places so that they can you know like get a sandwich. It's like the stupid thing that she does. And you know, it's like, no, I'm gonna put all my friends in like horrific mortal danger just so I can watch some TV. Yeah. That's that's so always sunny. <laughs> I mean it is, except it's always sunny. They don't have the tools to do that exact plot. <laughs> no, no, but if they could, that's exactly what those characters would do. Yeah. Yeah. Um but it's it's missing Charlie, the Charlie character who they all dump on. That's fair, yeah. It's missing that this the scapegoat character. It's missing that it one. It is. It is a little bit. Yeah. Um but yeah, so nah. Uh it's, it's delightful. It's fun. Uh, pe- pe- for some reason people thought I was gonna hate this. I don't I, I think I think they thought maybe it'll be a little bit too whimsical, a little bit too musical to points. You know it's too many songs. No, I, I that, that that is my biggest complaint is that I, I think it should cool down on the songs. But the the wit is you know, the the, the sense of humour is actually quite mischievous. Yeah, I wouldn't say the, the, the humor is whimsical at all. Um, I think just in premise, it's whimsical, rather than actually in in terms of what the the humor actually is. I see whimsical to me is more like yeah, Christopher Robin. It's, it's more of a heartwarming whimsy okay. thing. Heartwarming. That's what you don't like. You don't like feeling. No, I like heartwarming when it's not whimsical. So we've we've narrowed down to the subsection of whimsical that you don't like. Heartwarming when it's in the face of like grim is like is more powerful because it's actually up against something. You know, like heartwarming when it's just heartwarming because it is. Depends on the context, but combine it with whimsy, and I'm just not feeling it. Yeah. Uh, but no. Yeah, I really love this movie. It's good. Um. You probably like it more than I do, but it's good. I, I'm sure I do. Um, you know, so there you go. That that has been our first ever um, catch up movie episode of One Twenty One Gigawatts. Uh, we will probably do more. I imagine there'll probably be like another similar thing, if nothing else, sometime around the end of the year. Maybe maybe just after the end of the year, um, when we're catching up on movies a lot uh, for stuff that doesn't warrant a full. Yeah, episode to themselves. There's there's usually a couple of weeks off from the news uh, the end of at the end of the year because yeah. there just isn't news that those weeks. So typically we'll, we'll we'll probably still watch some movies over those weeks and yeah, you know, if we've got no news episodes, that'll be a perfect time to to do one of these. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there you go. So thank you very much for watching um, or listening. If you want to support the channel and the show and everything we do here, head over to patreon.com uh, slash TV and you can you can get some stuff early, you get some bonuses, some extras, all that kind of thing. Uh, but you can do that over there. You can also get us on Twitter at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. Uh, but otherwise, that is us. So thank you once again for watching and listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching movies, guys. And we'll see you next time.